Hey, Summit Midtown, Brandon Shields here. It is Monday, June 8th. Welcome to another podcast episode designed to help you practice the way of Jesus in a time of global pandemic. And now we might add in a time of global protesting against racial injustice. Well, I don't know about you, but I came to the end of this past week just mentally, emotionally, spiritually exhausted. Um, The week started with Uh, participation in some local peaceful protests and processionals for racial justice. And uh, we spent the week really exploring on our podcast and thinking deeply about the history of racial injustice and some practices to help guide um, our engagement in um, the work of justice and reconciliation in the world. Um, Preached on it this week and um, it seemed every day we had a service of lament on Thursday. Every day we were uh, busy, just um, just engaged and um, and active in this work, and uh, just came to Thursday really tired, and um, and so I kind of just spent the weekend unplugged, um, got off news, really got off of mostly off of social media. Took a trip with my family down to Louisville to see our family and uh, and celebrate my daughter's birthday. And uh, I just found myself needing uh, needing a break, needing to kind of get away and take a step back um, out of just fatigue. And as I was thinking about this week and what did I what I wanted to cover with you on this podcast, um, I was taken back to a phrase that I first encountered several years ago in a book called The Wounded Healer by Henry Nowen, who's just one of my favorite authors and a great <clears throat> spiritual writer. And uh, he has this phrase that he uses, and I thought of this phrase, and I want to spend the week actually um, thinking about this phrase, or at least one half of this phrase. And he talks about the need for Christian leaders in a moment of, and and at his time, even this was happening, um, and our time is no different, in a time of so much social upheaval and unrest, he talks about the need for um, what he calls contemplative critics or what others have fra- rephrased, uh, contemplative activists. And I want to just issue an invitation for us to think this week about the first half of that that paradox, being a con- contemplative activist. Last week, we kind of talked a little bit about the history of injustice in the world and what it looks like to be engaged actively and, and uh, deeply committed to um, uh, action in the world that embodies the kingdom of love, God's kingdom of love. And we talked about spiritual power and justice and reconciliation and, and self-sacrifice. And, and those are important. And that's half of what it takes to, um, to really engage this work. But um, now one puts his finger on something that I think is really important in this, uh, with this term, a contemplative critic. And here's what he means by that. He, he means, uh, well, let me just read you a quote. Um, He says, people who do not know where they are going or what kind of world they are heading toward will often be tempted to become sarcastic or even cynical. They laugh at their busy friends, but have nothing to offer in place of their activity. They protest against many things, but do not know what to witness for. But Christian ministers who have discovered in themselves the voice of the Spirit and have rediscovered their fellow human beings with compassion might be able to look at the people they meet, the contacts they make, and the events they become part of in a different way. They might uncover the first glimpse of the new world behind the veil of everyday life. As contemplative critics, they keep a certain distance to prevent becoming absorbed 
and what is most urgent and most immediate. But that same distance allows them to bring to the fore the real beauty of the world and of humanity, which is always different, always fascinating, always new. Contemplatives can be leaders for a convulsive generation because they can break through the vicious circle of immediate needs, asking for immediate satisfaction. They can direct the eyes of those who want to look beyond their impulses and steer their erratic energy into creative channels. So he says in a world where there's so much upheaval, so much unrest, I mean, think especially in a digital world where there's just uh, a wave after wave of uh, imagery and um, anxiety that is kind of leaking out through uh, just a constant stream of news cycles and uh, video feeds on Instagram and um, on different platforms. He says, we, we have a need to really step back from that and, um, and engage a life of uh, contemplative criticism or contemplative activism. When we think of the word contemplative, we often think of a monk or somebody who's just kind of completely withdrawn from society. But that's not really what Nowen has in mind. This idea of a contemplative activist is a paradox that holds intention. The contemplative tradition, um, think of the psalmist writing, um, be still and know that I'm God. That's kind of the heart of a contemplative is a person who wants to slow down or stop just the ceaseless activity and really uh, pay attention to what the spirit of God is doing. Pay attention to the face of God, to hear the voice of God um, is kind of the idea of contemplation. And then you hold that intention with an activism um, like Micah 6, 8, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly, with your God. And it's, it's living in that tension. We see this in the life of Jesus when he will withdraw in the midst of busyness of ministry to a lonely place, to a solitary place, to a deserted place, to spend time listening to the voice of his father. And then he returns and he reengages in ministry and healing and preaching the gospel and, um, you know, um, uh, casting out demons and these kinds of things. So it's this, it's this tension. And to be a contemplative, really, now one says, is to be one who um, enters into one's own interior, the depth of one's own interior life, to begin to listen to the voice of God as you examine your interior world, your feelings, your thoughts, your, uh, your memories, your imagination. And you enter into that confusing and sometimes chaotic space he says, to become an articulator of the interior life. He says, true leaders, authentic leaders are those who can articulate the inner movements of the spirit. Um, as you become more self-aware of what's happening inside of you, your own fears, your own shame, your own guilt, your own anxiety, the chaos within, you allow the spirit of God to penetrate those depths and you spend time meditating and reflecting and engaging um, deeply with the spirit of God in you. And he says, it's really that depth of interior life that, that, and that alone really, that it sustains activism in the world, that it sustains a deep commitment to life in the world. He says, to be in touch with the depths of what God is doing in you allows you to see um, in the face of God, to hear the voice of God and puts you really in touch with what's most basic and what is most central, what's most ultimate. And when you do that, he argues, you are then able to have a vision of God um, and encouragement and just this deep consolation from the spirit. 
the, the love of God. And remember, think of Paul's words that we might be um, strengthened in our inner man to know the, the height and the width and the depth and the breadth of God's love for us, a love that surpasses all understanding. When we are encouraged at the deepest levels of our being and we have that vision of God, we're able, he says, to move out into the world and to take away what he calls the illusory mask of the manipulative world and have the courage to show what the true situation is. And he says, once you do that, then you're able to critique, you're able to constructively critique uh, both the left and the right. You're able to constructively critique and see behind uh, what's happening in the moment to see the deeper powers at work in the world that we don't struggle just against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities and the true enemy uh, of life in the world is the evil one. And he works through systems and structures and institutions and even individuals to accomplish his destructive purposes in the world. And so what we need to be able to sustain, to fight against that over a long period of time without facing exhaustion or burnout or indifference or anxiety is a deep interior life. We need a deep life of prayer. We need a deep life of Sabbath and silence and solitude and rest and repentance and forgiveness. These are the fruits of a deep interior life. And I promise you, this is the only thing that will sustain a long-term activist impulse in the world, the only thing that will sustain hope, the only thing that will sustain promise and a sense of joy in the midst of so much grief, so much sadness, so much anger um, and rage. And so I just wanna invite you as we begin this journey to spend some time reflecting on where you find yourself. Most of us are oriented a certain way, just kind of by temperament, by personality, uh, maybe by tradition, different traditions tend to prize one side of this paradox or polarity over another. Some traditions are more contemplative, some are more activist, and we need both. And so I just want you to spend some time reflecting on where do you find yourself um, in this season um, in terms of your desires, your needs, your limitations, your opportunities. Um, do you find yourself... Uh, more on the activist side of things and just spending so much energy, so much time uh, organizing and getting out, maybe protesting right now in the midst of injustices in the world, um, researching, just really spending a lot of outward energy. Uh, but you find yourself maybe feeling exhausted, burned out, depressed, even hopeless or cynical if you're really honest with yourself. There's no depth. It's just um, kind of outward movement. Maybe you find yourself more apathetic and you've, um, you've spent a lot of time in contemplation and meditation and reading your Bible, saturating yourself in scripture and prayer, but there's no real outward energy. It's just kind of a withdrawn inward energy that um, doesn't go anywhere. There's no movement, there's no traction. And I wanna just invite you to be honest about where you find yourself, indifferent or exhausted and burned out, or maybe some combination of both, depending on the day. And let's just spend some time offering up our hearts to God and, and asking God to give us a deeper inner life, a deeper interior life that's in touch with God's movements within us 
and that allows us to grow in our self-awareness, to grow in fighting our own vulnerabilities and temptations. Because man, when you get out in the world and you engage in the work of justice and reconciliation, you will be confronted with your own demons. You will be confronted with your own pride, your own prejudice, your own bias, your own uh, sin, your own wounds. And that is an invitation from God to pull back and to deal with those, to confront those so that as you move out into the world, you don't multiply injustice, but rather you become what Nowen calls in this book, uh, a wounded healer. Those whose wounds, those whose sins, as they're being healed by Jesus, become a source of life and a source of healing for the world. I wanna close our time with uh, this prayer. I'm just kind of meditatively read this to you from St. Francis of Assisi, this famous prayer probably heard it before, but let's just uh, make this our prayer for the week as, as we press into silence and solitude and Sabbath the rest of the week, the contemplative, some pieces of the contemplative life. I just want to pray this over you. So, so let's just take a moment to be silent. Let's lift up our hands and receive these words, put our feet on the ground, breathe in deeply and breathe out. Make space for the spirit of God to be at work inviting us into this. We don't have to make anything happen. God has already done the work. We just simply join with him in his work of redemption in our lives, in his invitation, we receive his invitation to become contemplative as we engage actively in the world. So hear these words from St. Francis of Assisi and let's make this our prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of that peace. Lord, where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying to self that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Grace and peace to you as you go throughout the rest of this day.